don't try to be something that you're not. Don't try to say you can design anything. What is your specialty? What do your best clients pay you to do? And so when you think about who your customers are, what you serve, make sure it's a genuine portrayal of that. That is what a designer needs to create your logo. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. Hey there, welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the Grand Poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla Jethro Powell. And today we're talking about all things your logo and branding and brand identity and branding in general with Jason Beyer from CrowdSpring, crowdspring.com. But before we get into all of that in my interview with Jason, we have some housekeeping. Okay, our Wingnut webinar series is taking off like hotcakes. If you attended the first two with Linda Holt and Stacy Martin, you know that they are jam-packed with content and actionable information, and they are 100% free. So this month's webinar is going to be on uh, April the 26th at 11am with yours truly, Darla Jethro. And I will be going over Google ads, Google ads, how to run them, what are the best practices for you and your interior design business, your architect firm, with some tips and tricks and techniques in there that you guys probably do not know about. In fact, I'm sure you don't know about them or you'd be doing them. <laughs> that is going to be this April the 26th at 11 a.m. And to find out more and to register, head on over to wingnutsocial.com slash webinar, wingnutsocial.com slash webinar, or you can go over and uh, check out the Wingnut Academy. There should be a little drop down there. You can see information for all the upcoming webinars. That's a new series that we're doing once a month with vetted guests and esteemed knowledgeable experts to help you market your interior design business, to run your interior design business in such a way to be profitable, efficient, and most of all, happy. And speaking about Wingnut Academy, head on over there just to get notifications for when that bad boy launches. Our first course is going to be Instagram, beginning an intermediate level for interior designers, architects, and then as such, that's wingnutsocial.com. Check out the Academy. That is going to go live in beta at the beginning of March, God willing, prayer hands, prayer hands emoji. <laughs> and we are actually giving away a scholarship to three lucky designers. So follow us on Instagram at wingnut social to be one of them. there, lucky designers to get that course there free of charge. It is incredibly comprehensive. My team is busy, busy, busy wrapping that up and making sure it's amazing for all of you guys out there. So wingnutsocial.com, check it all out. Okay. Y'all know what time it is. It's time for mini news, mini news sesh. Yeah. Hey, welcome back to Mini News. Abigail Weidman, social media manager extraordinaire. Today we're talking about surprise Instagram today. What you got? <laughs> yep. Instagram seems to be one of our favorite topics over here, but I'm really excited about today's announcement. Um, Instagram has officially launched a new moderator feature for Instagram Lives. So how that will work is Users can choose from any viewer in their Instagram Lives and assign them to be their moderator. And 
moderators can kind of serve, I believe, Darla, you said earlier, as bouncers for these Instagram <laughs> lives. <laughs> a virtual Instagram bouncer. You know, Abby, I've been waiting for this because when I do my lives, and, and granted, I don't do a whole hell of a lot of them, I want mm-hmm. to say hello to people on there saying hello or asking questions, and I can't see so well. You know, I've used, as mm-hmm. right now, as you can see, I'm wearing glasses, and it's just so tiny, even on my, I, you know, my iPhone Max. And I'm like, okay, wait, okay, hi, you know, and out that yeah. or I get super distracted. So that's, that's really cool. But uh, mm-hmm. from what I'm understanding here, you don't even have to have like a pre approved member on there, you can just say, Hey, Jerry Saruti, I see you in the audience, would you moderate mm-hmm. my comments for me? Yeah, exactly that. Okay. So in the in the bottom of the Instagram live, you know, there's normally that little arrow where you can send it to somebody. There'll also be three little dots and you just click that and it'll give you the option to assign a moderator. You click the person you want to be your moderator and it'll send them a notification that'll pop up on their screen and they can choose to decline or accept, but hopefully they'll accept. And then they can remove comments, um, whether that's hate or trolling or spam, and they can even kick people off of your live if they're, you know, <laughs> being a little too um, aggressive with the comments there. But it's super cool. And it plays a part in one of Instagram's key areas of development for the year, which was user control. So kind of just giving its users, you know, mm-hmm. more control sure. in that area. I love that because one of the main reasons to even do a live is to have the engagement and to have the commenting and responding to people who are bothering to show up and say hi or Mm -hmm. to wave or to ask questions. Mm -hmm. So you want to have them answered and you want to have them acknowledged. I love it. So, and you did point out in the green room that this is, um, Instagram's been a little late to the game on this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Twitter has this feature, Facebook and TikTok rolled out this feature last July, I believe, but Instagram live has been around since 2016. So it's a little bit overdue in my opinion, but we have it now. And so that's really exciting. Okay, great. So if you've been a little bit shy about doing your lives because you're not sure you're going to be able to see those comments, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just hook up with a friend, a family member, or one of your team members there and uh, say, hey, I'm going to go live. Would you mind, uh, you know, going through these comments for me? I appreciate it. Okay, great. (laughs) All right, Abby, thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time. All righty. Bye. Bye. Man in new sash. Okay, let's get into my interview with Jason Beyer. Jason Beyer is the marketing and partnerships manager for CrowdSpring. He has led brand reviews for hundreds of small businesses explaining the little mistakes they're making that are hurting sales. Jason explains how strong brands attract more customers, justify premium price points, and build more resilient businesses. Jason is currently building a house in Wyoming near Yellowstone National Park. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Jason to the show. Hey there, Jason Beyer. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? I'm doing great, Darla. Thanks so much. Awesome. Great to have you here. Today, we're talking about branding and brand identity. And Jason, I was reading your bio and something really stuck out. And I want to start with talking about what you say are the little mistakes that uh, people are hurting small businesses, I should say, and that are hurting sales. Uh, but before you answer that, just tell us a little bit about who you are, who you help, and we'll dive in. Absolutely. So I'm Jason Beyer. I lead marketing and partnerships for crowdspring.com. We help uh, businesses of, of all sizes build their their brands, build their brand identity, uh, help them with their naming and their graphics. And it's a fun process because we get to see a lot of a lot of small businesses. And, and uh, normally when people look at my bio or look at LinkedIn, what they point out is that I moved to Cody, Wyoming from Chicago. 
And it's very pertinent for this conversation on small business because in a small town of 10,000 people, the little mistakes are really exacerbated because in a big town, uh, you, you can't get away with this, right? You have to be on your game because there's so much competition. In a smaller town, sometimes you can make uh, some of the mistakes that make people like me cringe <laughs> and we see them, you know, <laughs> regularly. And so, yeah, uh, a little bit more about me is, is I'm, I'm building a house out here just outside of Yellowstone in, in Cody, Wyoming. We've got horses and kayaks and mountain bikes and uh, two daughters and just just uh, enjoying awesome. the outdoors. In the green room, I, we were talking about that, and that is that is my fiance's dream retirement location, either um, Montana or Wyoming. And and uh, Wyoming doesn't have state taxes, so guess which one I prefer. Exactly, exactly. That's <laughs> no, beautiful. Lots of lots of space. All right, so. So before we get into the branding and stuff, and it really is important, interior, and there's a lot of interior designers listening or architects or general contractors who might even be undergoing a rebrand kind of situation, which we'll talk about as well. But I'm really intrigued by the little mistakes that they're making that are hurting sales. Does this yes. relate to branding as well? Okay. Absolutely. And your lead in about, you know, the audience, you know, interior designers and architects, you're being judged more, right? You're just at a different level when it comes to your brand identity. It would be helpful if all carpet cleaners had a strong visual brand, but we give them a bit of a pass, right? We, we don't, we don't expect them. That's not, that's not what they're good at. What you're good at is, is design, is making uh, visual choices that your clients are paying you to make for them because you make them easier, you know, otherwise they would just do them themselves if they had the skill or, or the time. So you're being judged in a different way. And if you don't think so, think about if you were to hire a, a photographer, right? And you went on their website and all their pictures were blurry and out of focus or stock photos. You're like, I'm not hiring this person, right? It's the same thing with, with interior design and while an architecture and all of these industries where somebody might not be hiring you specifically to take photos or to do visuals like logos and graphics, they're hiring you for your your design choices, right? And if you can't make a choice that looks strong for something that's as close to you as your business, they're going to understand that. And they're going to say, well, you know, how are they going to treat my business or my home or whatever you're working for them? So it's, it's critical. And I just want to start with that because everything we're saying is like 10 times more important than if we were having a conversation with a trade. Like I'm building a house right now. So all these trades come to mind that may or may not be relevant. You know, the plumbers and the electricians and the HVAC and the carpet cleaners, you might give them a pass. Customers are not going to give you a pass within your design. And I like to your point where you're like, you carpet cleaners maybe aesthetically can get a pass and interior designers can't, which is why Instagram has been a really great channel for our interior designers for social media marketing because sure. of the aesthetic nature, because of the feed and everything. Let's dive into that. So there is brand identity, right? And then there's brand. So what is the difference between the two? And then we'll take it apart. They actually are different, right? So we use the term branding kind of loosely. And I think a lot of us think branding, we think logos, right? Mm -hmm. We think we think the visual. And branding is every interaction that a customer has with your company, with your product, with your service. So this is your customer service. This is how you respond on, on, on Instagram to direct messages or uh, how quickly you respond. Your privacy policy, your return policy, your presentation when you show up, what vehicle you come in, how you're dressed. This is brand, absolutely every interaction. And 
we know when there's that disconnect, right? We've all been on hold when somebody says, oh, your patronage is very important to us. Please wait for 55 more minutes. And you're thinking, well, there's a disconnect, right? What you're saying is not related to your brand. And we know what certain brands deliver, right? We know Amazon's customer service is going to be top notch. Certain companies are going to deliver a very consistent product. Somebody like a Starbucks or McDonald's, you know what you're getting no matter where in the country you go. That's not the same for our businesses as as architects and interior designers and, and, and working with homeowners and businesses. People don't know. They have a lot of unknowns about what you're doing. They don't know your brand. They don't know your service. They don't know your price point. They don't know your success. But they do know you're trying to sell them something, right? That's in the back of their mind. And so what you're trying to do with your brand is think about absolutely every touch point that somebody is having interacting with you and and making sure that you're making a choice that you're comfortable with. It may be a choice that you change later. You may change the car you drive or the clothes you wear or your customer service, but you just want to be aware of what's happening. And that's your brand. And it's being shaped whether you're taking an active role in it or not. People are having a judgment about all of these things that we're talking about. Your brand identity is everything people can see. It's all the visuals. So this is when we get into the logo. This is when we get into the backgrounds on your social media accounts and the filters that you use and the image choices uh, that you decide to use on your website. This is the brand identity. And so there, there is a difference. Your brand identity should be informed by your brand, right? If you're targeting a specific audience, if you are targeting an affluent audience, maybe you're going to be using colors like gold and black more in your brand identity and your designs. Whereas if you're targeting maybe a younger generation or a specific gender, maybe you're you're going with different color palettes, right? And so it's uh, it's important to let the brand identity be informed by your choices for the brand as a whole. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the logos, right? So logos is something that you are an expert in and you advise and do. So how important are logos with brand identity and how can you even get them to align? The design in a logo can be kind of minimal. How do you get a logo to to say, this is who we are, this is our messaging? The important thing to remember is that we're processing imagery thousands of times faster than text, right? And so we can... We normally do a pretty poor job about communicating that elevator pitch and saying exactly what we do and who we serve and, and, and so forth. But a logo is communicating that so much quicker. It's being able to package all of this together. And so one of the obvious points is color. So color, you, you can easily Google, you know, what the meaning of colors and you see different shades, different colors and what they mean, right? So when we talked about that affluent audience, the colors that you choose are going to be dictated by your brand, by your audience. If you're trying to create more trust, you know, you're going to be using the color blue. That's why we see a lot of banks and financial advisors with the color blue. If you're serving uh, the environment or trying to increase more profit, you might use the color green, right? <laughs> if you're if you're targeting red, red is going to be something that that is a little bit more of a of a stop, mm-hmm. right? It's like a hey, pay attention, sale, you know, stop sign. These are these are the colors of, of red. So it's getting you to to pay attention to to the message. So you want to think about all of these colors and how they interact with your brand, and, and you're incorporating these into your logo. So color is one aspect. 
shape and style and negative space is another aspect, right? And so how do you play with these different elements within this design? Are you using hard angles or are they soft, right? Uh, depending on what you're trying to communicate. Are you trying to communicate strength and stability because you have a 50-person team? Or are you trying to communicate a little bit more of a closer connection with your clients and boutique, right? These are all, they're going to dictate whether you use a sharp line or a curved line or something like this. The actual iconography of the logo. So you can have what's called a word mark where it is just your logo is your name, the name of your business or your personal name, but it's stylized in a way that it's unique and custom, or hopefully it's unique and custom just to your business. We'll get into kind of the difference between generic and custom logos, but word marks are where you just have your name spelled out, stylized in a certain way. You can have an, an icon with this, uh, either custom or generic, where you're able to have something that that scales, right? You're able to have sometimes a best example would be something like the the avatars on social media, where a word mark that is you know spread out left to right doesn't really fit well within a square. And so mm -hmm. some, sometimes you'll see brands that, that are just truncated and it's just the middle of the name because the rest of it, you know, just got shrunken down. Logos have to scale, right? If you want them to look professional, and communicate a message. And this is where word marks can do a great job with this. And so you'll typically see something cut or not word marks, a, a symbol that goes along with either the word mark or can stand alone. Right. So these are all things that are communicating the brand through your brand identity. And, and this starts with a creative brief. If you're working with a designer, uh, you start asking the, the questions, okay, who are your competitors? Who's your audience? What do you want them to know? How do you stand apart? You know, is trust more important than stability or growth uh, for your industry? You know, what's the angle? And then you start looking at colors and shapes and custom icons that communicate this message. And when you package all of that together, you get something that somebody can intuitively understand who your audience is within fractions of a second. Right. And that's what we're aiming to do with our logos and our, our visual brand identity. They're not just meant to take up space because Instagram tells us, you know, we need to add an avatar here. They're meant to communicate what we do very quickly. And uh, this is why it's incredibly difficult to do this with generic logos. A lot of times in our business, we're looking for ways to save or just to get started. And generic means it can be used for everybody. And so then everything we just talked about really goes out the window because now anybody can use that color or that shape or that icon. It's not your business. Right. It's it's not, you know, your specific market that you're serving. Does that make sense? It does. And you know, it's funny that you're talking about red. Red is a stop. And I was going through my head at the time trying to think if I could think of any interior design firms that I was familiar with that their logos were in red. And I can't. I can't think of exactly. one. I'm, I'm sure there are, but I can't think of any. And also, I, I did think of a couple of interior designers whose logos are way busy. So when it comes to that, I'm guessing less is more. That's a great point about the red. So if you're new to the industry, right, maybe, maybe you're just really partial to red. <laughs> right? It's your color. Your kitchen's in red, you wear red, and you're thinking, okay, right. like I'm the red interior designer. That's my my shtick, right? But that may not be what resonates with how everybody else in the world views the color red, because everybody <laughs> else is viewing it as stop, oh. warning, danger, oh, okay, sale. Good. Yeah, I didn't think about that. You know, so it could, it could say you're a discount service provider. So it's important for us to leave our preferences mm -hmm. at the door and think about our market, because we're not the customer. 
right? We might like the color red, but we're not the one purchasing the service. We've got to think about who our customer is specifically and what they need or what's going to trigger the right emotion for them. Because that's really what we're trying to do is we're trying to create an emotion with these colors and tie it back to the brand. If you guys still are not convinced that social media can make a tremendous impact on your interior design business, go back and listen to episode 258 with Julianne Hendrickson of Hendrickson Interiors in Tampa, Florida. Julianne is a client of Wingnut, and she was so gracious and so sweet to say that we have helped her grow her business tremendously. And now she is an over $3 million a year interior design firm. So if you need help with marketing your interior design firm, don't listen to other people that say you cannot find clients on Instagram, you cannot find clients on social, particularly you cannot find high-end clients on social because if they are saying that, they are not doing it correctly. And I'm here to tell you that we are, and we are the absolute best at what we do. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check out our case studies, check out our reviews. That's wingnutsocial.com. Your comment about busyness makes a lot of sense. This is an area we see with, and, and this is how people are judging your brand. This is how they're judging your logo. And it's how you can judge yourself to say, okay, is it time for me to up my game? Busy logos are trying to over-communicate. They're trying to make up for the fact that there's not somebody really focusing on how to communicate with less but better, less and more. And so you start adding elements, right? And so you start saying, okay, I have, I do these three things. So let me find a symbol for all three things and include it in my logo. And what that means is it's very difficult. It's busy. It's hard to understand what you specialize in and what you do. So one aspect of this is you'll, you'll see this with very inexperienced designers where they try to overcompensate for using something like negative space by over-communicating by just adding symbols to represent everything. You see this with generators because generators, look, artificial intelligence will get to a point where we're all struggling in every industry, you know, to, to add some some creativity, right? I think the creative side is is probably the last, right? So we're, we're certainly um, uh, safe for now. But when you think about the logo generators, the naming generators that are online, they're just not at that point yet like a person. They can't provide right. that that creativity. They're they're not really artificial intelligence. They're really just creative mashups based on keywords. And so when you use a generator and you say architecture or interior design, they're pulling from a list of of elements and sticking them together. So when you start to see a busy logo, you start to see random elements trying to represent every keyword for your business. It really comes down to being either a, a generic logo or somebody who's just very new to the space. And so it creates a lot of busyness. Just so the audience understands, the, the logo generators are just, uh, just you plug in, okay, this is my business name. There's a couple like little bullet points of what I do. And they'll just kind of throw some random graphics at you and see if anything sticks. But it's not really, like you said, creative thought. They're not doing a discovery on your business or your messaging or your positioning right. or, you know, and doing anything that we're talking about here, really. And it's tough because visually they look okay. They don't look like, mm -hmm. you know, they're from 1999. It looks <laughs> modern and and stuff, but there's two problems. They're either not communicating anything because that's the nature of something that's generic is that you could take two different business owners and they could have the same logo. And it's like, well, you know, there's nothing different between these or they're very confusing. They're over communicating to your point. Your logo's job is not to communicate exactly what you do, 
or even everything that you do. And I think that's one of the challenges is that we want to say, Jason Beyer, interior designer. And I, I want to say all of that. And I want to have visual imagery that communicates all of that. You don't have to. Your logo is there to create an emotion and it's there to create intrigue. And it's there to create consistency across all of your marketing. It's when somebody starts to look at your webpage or starts to look at your social media feed that they start to understand your three, four, five different services that you offer. They don't need to know that from your logo. And that's where I think we can create a lot of less work for ourselves in trying to create something that represents our entire business and create something that is it is cleaner and less busy than trying to communicate everything. Yeah, I love it. And I also like the point that you can have your name, you know, written nicely or whatever, but you're still going to need that one like little favicon or image or something that will fit in an Instagram profile or in a little square thing. And, and a lot of des- interior designers do. I've seen that a lot. I try to fit their whole name. And it's so tiny. <laughs> you can't tell what it is. Okay, so there are people in the audience right now who are undergoing a brand redesign or are thinking of undergoing a brand redesign there maybe they're maybe they do have uh, logos or graphics from the 80s or the 90s you know they have <laughs> beige and a light mauve uh, <laughs> color in there or something with a whole bunch of flourish how do you recommend that they move forward with a brand refresh on their marketing, on their advertising? How do they do that seamlessly or, or even make a celebration out of it? You know, your point about an older logo, what we want is we want our experience as we get older in the business and have more years. We want that to be a help, not a hindrance, right? We don't want somebody to say, oh, you're dated. You're stuck in this frame. We want them to say, oh, you have a lot of experience. You have multi-decades worth of experience. You've seen different transitions. You can reach back into the archives of, of your work and use that to help me. And it's not going to be a hindrance, right? And so this is this is the problem. This is why companies have updates to their brand is to communicate a new message. Starbucks has undergone multiple logo changes, right? We still like their coffee. It's still consistent, right? But they're trying to show a different progression for the brand. And that's, that's what we're trying to do as well. We want to use that experience for us. The important thing to start with is who your customer is. That's what you're trying to start with with a refresh. You're trying to understand where are they at now? Who are you serving? You know, what age, what gender, what industry, what style are they looking for? Are you predominantly focused on kind of a, a modern interior design or rustic or something like this? If that's your audience, you want that to be reflected in your brand. And maybe when you started, there was no direction. You didn't know you're going to focus on the specific industry. Now you do. So it starts with a deep understanding of your customers. Ask yourself who you're serving. Ask yourself why they choose you. I think it's important not to be somebody that you're not. Coaches are kind of the worst for this. Uh, <laughs> where you go to their their page, every industry has somebody in here that does this. But, but coaches, sure. they use the term like we like, like they're a bigger corporation, you know, we serve this market and the pictures of skyscrapers and people in suits. And it's trying to portray a bigger company than it is when in fact, you can find out very quickly that there's only one person behind this company. And so it's this weird disconnect, this facade that you're somebody that you're not when you're really somebody, you know, much smaller. So use that to your advantage, right? So what I would want to see in that example is somebody who just owns the fact that I'm one person. When you pick up the phone, when you call me, you're not talking to a call center. You're talking to me. 
right? Like own that that space, the fact that you're smaller, the fact that it's one-on-one service. I don't think this is probably going to be as as big of a problem in architecture and, and interior mm-hmm. design, but it's something to think about. Like, don't try to be something that you're not. Don't try to to say you can design anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> what is your specialty? But what do your best clients pay you to do? And so when you think about who your customers are, what you serve, make sure it's a genuine portrayal of that. That is what a designer needs to create your logo. And, and we should probably just say this right now. We shouldn't create our own brands, even if we, or or I shouldn't, our our own visual brands. We should direct them. We should allow somebody else who is one outside of our business and two has a very specific focus on on how to design logos and websites and so forth. Right. Uh, And I'm not saying this just from CrowdSpring. It doesn't matter if you use CrowdSpring. (laughs) Just don't do it yourself. You have a skill. You wouldn't want somebody else coming in, you know, to do your job. You shouldn't try to do uh, somebody else's job. It's just going to hurt you in the long run. A hundred percent. And I have seen designer after designer make that mistake. They're like, I can design. I can have a visual eye. But graphic design is an entirely different animal. And when you can't rely on someone to give you an objective feedback on what that should look like, I think that is a mistake. That is definitely something you want to delegate out and go through a discovery process and, and craft that the way it should be to speak to your ideal client. The nice thing about being a creative person is you're going to be able to give better direction to that designer. You're going to know the creative rails to put that person on so that they get to the point that you want them to, but in a way that, you know, takes what you would have done, which is an 80% and takes it to 100% design. There is a benefit to being a creative person. You're going to get a stronger logo by being involved in the process. But yeah, we we shouldn't try and do this ourselves. I loved your point about having a dated logo. Well, you said dated logo. The thing is, is that as an interior designer, having a dated logo is death. (laughs) It is so that you could have like the best portfolio. And if someone's going and they're taking a a scan of your social media or or something, they're seeing like a logo that looks like it's from the 80s, or it's just terrible. They're going to associate that with your level of aesthetic and design. And you're going to pay for that. You don't want that. We're so attached to things like our, our names and our logos and things that, that we did. And it's tough. You really want to get informed by other people. You want other people to tell you, okay, like, give me some feedback on this. If we can't see it ourselves, we're great about judging other people's brands, but poor on ourselves. Like if you just, you know, Google CrowdSpring does articles on trends every year. So we have logo design trends for 2022. There's trends every year that we see. And so I don't know all of them, but, you know, think about like the shadows behind a logo, right? (laughs) That's not a thing now. I mean, it was maybe 10 years ago where we kind of had a shadow behind the word mark or the logo. We don't have that now. You know, there are certain styles that are indicative of certain decades or time periods that while that may be, it goes back to the experience. We want you to have that experience from those decades, but not show you're stuck. <laughs> right. It's just like interior frame. design. You think trends come and trends go and you walk in someone's house and you can see if it's dated and same thing with your logo, same thing with your branding. Going back to your comment about red, the fact that red, you might really be passionate about it, but your audience doesn't connect that with your service in a positive way. Because you're not the customer, it's great to get your customers involved in the redesign process. So instead of going behind closed doors and doing it in secret and then say, okay, now we're going to unveil this to our customers and, and wow them with how great we are, invite them into that process because it's an incredibly intimate experience to work with a company on 
their visual brand identity. It is their identity and it, it's their their flag of, of their company, like, you know, their, their stake in the in the ground in, in commerce. So to be able to have uh, your customers participate not only gives them this incredible feeling of honor to be able to, to give some feedback, <laughs> but they're your target market. Right. And so if you were to go to them and say, okay, here are, you know, the three options that we have, you know, can you give me some feedback on this? And one of them is red because that's your favorite color. Your audience might say, oh my God, what were you thinking? Like, don't go with this one, you know, and they're the ones paying for your service. So you could do this with all of your clients. We've had customers do this with, you know, a mailing list and, and have 500 people give feedback on their design, uh, which is great because now, they're getting feedback on who is actually going to use the service. But imagine if Starbucks called you up and said, hey, you know, we've got our new logo. You're one of 100 people. Would, would you like to give some feedback on it? You know, Nike, we're changing up the swoosh. You know, Darla, we want we want your opinion. How cool would that be? That'd be fun. Yeah, I would love that. And I like that too, because it's it's like a survey of what like-minded people in that ideal client bracket would tell you would appeal to that demographic. Jason Beyer, now I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? Let's do it. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? He tried. <laughs> I don't know. And you could just interpret that however you want, right? Like he tried, like I think the way I would interpret it is he tried to just live as long as possible and have uh, a lot of experiences. I, I think about, I, I think about, um, I don't know, uh, it sounds morbid, but but death frequently, right? I mean, it's a... It's, uh, I've got two little daughters and, and uh, you know, I want to be able to experience all of them. And I just have a lot of, lot of hobbies. I need, I need more time. So there you, you go. Try. Yeah. You figure Enjoy out it. What it Live means. it to the fullest. <laughs> there you go. If you were on death row, what would your last meal be? Oh, these are getting morbid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, probably a burger. Can you have beer too? <laughs> sure. It's a whole meal. Yeah. With, with a really good cheese. A nice burger and a beer, and maybe if they'd let me make it myself, that'd be nice on the grill. The real question is, why am I on death row? Oh, well, you know, I'm sure there's a story there. (laughs) (laughs) Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had an impact on you or your business greatly. Why We Sleep, Matthew Walker. Have you you read this one? I have not. Matthew Walker made the circuit. He's a neuroscientist, uh, among other things. And he made the circuit maybe a year or two ago talking about the findings in this book, Why We Sleep. And it's really changed absolutely everything about my life because I implement the findings eight hours every single day. Like what book do you implement eight hours every single day that impacts your relationship, your health, your business, your wealth? So Why We Sleep, it's enough science to geek out over, but certainly easy enough to read and digest. Why We Sleep. Okay. That sounds really cool. I'm going to add that to my my queue there so I can listen to it. All right, Jason Beyer, please tell the listeners where they can go to find out more about you and CrowdSpring, and then we will call it a day. CrowdSpring.com. We have 33 categories of branding and design. So maybe you, you know, we've talked about things about the branding and the logo and you're fine with your logo. It looks good, but maybe you're thinking about some of the custom graphics that you want to include on your site or you want, you know, additional services like company or product naming or product packaging. Uh, We have all of those and it's a fun process. You pay one affordable fee, you know exactly what you're paying. And you get dozens of different designs back to be able to give feedback, get interaction, share with your customers to get feedback. Uh, and CrowdSpring, if you just Google CrowdSpring brand identity, we have a, geez, what is it, 50,000 word, very comprehensive guide on brand identity, CrowdSpring.com brand identity. Talks about colors and, and psychology. Very, very nice. Jason, thank you again for joining us. 
Thank you, Darla. It was a pleasure. All right. How's your logo looking? Are you stuck in the 80s? Do you have like a purple and beige (laughs) 80s logo with, uh, you know, those little flowered wallpaper trims at the top of your kitchen? Don't be that designer. Make sure that you're staying on top of trends. I love Jason's point about even the huge brands, Starbucks, McDonald's, you name it, are constantly updating their logos to reflect their relevancy, their adaptation to the current time, current market situation, and their ability to fulfill the present day needs of the consumer, right? I think that's super important. And if you're out there and you're thinking, oh my gosh, my logo needs to say, just everything there is to say that I do about my business and busy, 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 delegate it. Have someone else design that logo for you. Get a second, third opinion, whether it's CrowdSpring or your graphic designer or a brand designer like Glory and Brand. Just make sure that you're delegating that to the experts who do that day in and day out and have a really good handle on the design, the logo design, the branding design, and and that all meshes together. And you don't just want to have just one little... Uh, logo, right? You don't want to just have one branding element. You want to make sure that you have enough graphic elements to fit all kinds of ratios and formats and different social media campaigns and your YouTube and your website and your email. There's a lot that goes into that and less is definitely more. All right. Thanks again for joining us, Jason. Remember to check out wingnutsocial.com to sign up for my Google ads webinar on April the 26th at 11 a.m. You can go check all of those details out at Wingnut Academy. Sign up to get the uh, notifications for Wingnut Academy launches and follow us on Instagram to be one of those lucky designers who wins a free Instagram course for your interior design business. All right, that's it for this week. Remember, get out there, get uncomfortable and be great. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next week for more business and marketing info and insightful interviews with industry experts and design superstars. Can't wait? Then head on over to wingnutsocial.com for more great content to help you get your business to the next level. Is that that's a jet okay oh what is that's cool looking what the hell is that okay loud in the navy <laughs>